Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Through 25 seasons, 4,561 episodes, I believe The Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world. I really never thought of it that way. The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the LOLs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry. I miss him so terribly. I miss him every single minute. The moments that mattered. The eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. It's Best Life Week, and we're heading into the bedroom. So scoot the children on out of the room you're in right now, because we are going there today. <laughs> because a big part of living a happier, healthier, more fulfilling life is having good sex. <laughs> we're calling it Sex 101. We ask world-renowned sex therapist, Dr. Laura Berman, to develop a step-by-step -step plan to help you live your best sex life. So what do you want everybody to learn from our class today? I want everybody to learn how to live your best love life, live your best relationship. I want this to be a show that couples can watch together and learn together. So it's not just for women, it's for men too. And I'm gonna talk about the five steps that you can take to jumpstart your relationship. Cause you know, it's so interesting. We're such a sexual society. You yeah. can't look at any billboard on the back of any bus. We're just bombarded with images, sexual images. But from what I'm hearing, reading, and all of the emails, not a lot of people are having a, a great sex life. They're not having a fulfilling sex life. Fulfilling. And having that passion and that sexual connection in your relationship is what separates you from being roommates and co-parents. Okay, let's get started. Dr. Bourbon says, the first step, everybody, to having a great sex life is the same thing that we've been talking about in every area of your life, whether it's your emotional, spiritual health, it's also for your sexual health. The first step is to tell the truth, to live a truthful existence. Absolutely. And that means stop faking it. Stop faking it, yes. And it's an epidemic. I mean, over 70% of women have faked orgasm, if not on a regular basis, uh, you know, once in a while. And, you know, I like to call it the mercy fake because he's trying so hard, you know? <laughs> and she just knows that it's not gonna end and she knows she's not gonna get there. And, and what men don't understand is that it comes from a place of 
in almost inferiority on her part. It's not that she's trying to be deceptive. It's that she's trying to give him what he wants, yeah. and she feels badly that she can't. Okay. And so she fakes it. So isn't it okay to like have faked it one or two times? Well, everybody's faked it one or two times. I mean, I hasn't think, right? everybody? It, yes, come on. Saying yes. <laughs> Don't leave me hanging out here. Okay, so. Tired of fighting your kids to make their bed? Say hello to Betty's. The unique design lets your kids make their bed with just a zip. Our patented bedding includes everything you need, a fitted sheet, top sheet, and comforter in one seamless piece that zips together. Kids love the feeling of accomplishment when they can make their bed by themselves every day. Make your mornings easier and visit Bettys.com. That's B-E-D-D-Y-S.com. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Luann from California sent us an email confessing that she has been faking it not once or twice, people, listen to this, for 20 years. Here's what she wrote. She says, I am a 45-year-old woman married for 24 years, and I don't think I have ever had an orgasm. Instead, I have faked hundreds of them. My husband would be devastated to know that I have faked it, but I am ready to break the silence and to move forward in achieving my full orgasmic potential. <laughs> and that is why we're here today. <laughs> okay, so after getting that email, Dr. Berman met with Luann and her husband, Gerald. Why don't we just start with you telling me a little bit about what's been going on for you? I think the, the main issue for me is, is that I am not feeling completely satisfied. I don't have a complete understanding of what a true orgasm feels like. Mm -hmm. I don't believe I've ever had one. I think I've come very close, but I think there's a mental block or a barrier making me stop short. I feel like I'm keeping something from my husband. I feel like I'm betraying him. And did you know this before this minute, or are you just hearing this for the first time? Well, I guess this began with the email that my wife had sent, the Oprah show, and having been married for 20 years, or more, actually, it was uh, truly a surprise to me. I would assume she'd have an orgasm. It was based on sound, what I would assume was her climax. I have to admit that uh, she had me fooled. Okay, so, you know, everybody, it, it's shocking, because I saw all of your faces when I said she hadn't had an orgasm over 20 years, but this is apparently very common. Very, very common, and it becomes this kind of cycle that you can't get out of because event at first you do it and you think okay it's just making things easier I can't get there I'm just what he wants and then eventually you start to resent it and he's rolling over all happy with himself and you're thinking hey what about me and then how do you bring it out you're so scared to tell the truth yeah that it just becomes this thing that you can't escape and this huge white elephant in the room with okay you. so now Luann and Gerald are going to be the truth carriers for you because having seen them do it and that's a really difficult thing to do you all Absolutely. would admit so how did you feel when she first told you Gerald did you feel shocked stunned betrayed what the surprise factor was my initial reaction but 
eventually it evolved into sorrow for Luann because not having experienced an orgasm, I couldn't imagine. Okay, so before all the other women out there, because the reason to do this is not for us just to be voyeurs in your life, but to really help other people. And Dr. Berman has said, and I've been reading some of the research, that there are millions of women who are just like your wife and their husbands don't know it. And they are now gonna be afraid to tell them for fear that their husbands will be mad. Were you angry? Was there any part of you that was angry? Like you've been faking it all this time? No, not really. I, I wasn't angry at all. It, okay. it, like I said, it was more sorrow than anger. I felt maybe a, a little bit of failure on my part, although I know what I'm doing. And, <laughs> and uh, I, don't, I don't doubt that at all, but it's almost beyond my capacity to help her at that time. Okay, okay. Now, there's something she said on the tape that Luann was saying that she doesn't know if she has experienced an orgasm. Isn't it true that if you've had an orgasm, you know you had it? To an extent, absolutely. However, I do find that for many women, they think the orgasm is supposed to feel like what they see in the movies and in TVs where a woman is like flipping upside down and her head is spinning around on her body with glee and you know, joy from the, that every orgasm, you're not gonna hear the Star Spangled Banner and it's not gonna be yeah. this huge earth shattering event. And that's great when that happens, you do a little dance. So it was unclear and once we talked further, it really did seem, I mean, what was happening to Luann happens to so many women for reasons that we'll be going into, that she would get so close, they feel like they can get so close, but they just can't get over to the other side. Okay, so is that a physical thing or is that a mental thing? In that case, it's almost always a mental thing. When you can get through the arousal, when you can get so close, but you just kind of get stuck there, you, you feel yourself holding back, and that's what so many women, they just don't know how to let go. Okay. And that's what we worked on, what was keeping her from letting okay, go. Okay, so yeah. we'll get back to Luann and Gerald in a few minutes, but let's recap. First step to having a better sex life is being completely honest with your partner. To help you do that, Dr. Berman has a homework assignment available. It's a 14-question sex assessment that you and your partner can work on together, guaranteed to get you at least talking about it, talking about it, because a lot of people don't know how to talk about it. We just learned that step number one is the same step for all areas of your life that also applies to your sex life. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Absolutely. Okay. Step two is ask for what you want. Right, asking for what you want in the bedroom. So, so many women, first of all, don't even really fully understand their own bodies to know to ask for what they want. But even if they do know, they're cringing about verbalizing it to their partner or directing their partner. Okay, so now let's meet Michelle and Greg. They've been married for 11 years and like a lot of couples, their once really hot sex life has cooled down a bit. If your libido could be on a scale of zero to 10, what would you say it is? Is there a negative scale? <laughs> <laughs> so how often are you having sex? Unfortunately, I can't even remember. I mean, the last time, I mean, I would, I would say probably it ends up being about quarterly. When I pay my taxes, we, you know. <laughs> when you do have sex, what would you say your level of inhibitions are, how comfortable you are communicating about the details? I'm not very comfortable. I can't say what turns me on, you know, and what I want him to do. Because you how... don't want to or because you literally don't know? I don't think I have the words to do that. You know, I honestly just feel like I don't know that language. Like it's, I don't know how to speak French and I don't know how to speak sex. 
And so what happens? He always goes, tell me what, you know, what you're thinking about. And nine times out of 10, I'm thinking about what I should be doing yeah. somewhere else. I really can't pinpoint exactly where you need to touch me. So I'm sure a lot of women can relate to that. I love that. I don't speak French and I don't <laughs> speak sex. So Dr. Berman has an exercise to help couples like Michelle and Greg start that important conversation. Here we go. So I wanted to just do one exercise with you guys. It's called the foreplay map. This is a very unisex image. Okay. On yours, Michelle, I want you to number in order where you would like to be touched, stimulated, stroked, kissed, whatever, as part of foreplay. And you, Greg, do the same thing, but in terms of what you, what you typically would do with Michelle, and then you'll see how they match up. Okay, well, let's see. Here's what Michelle wants during foreplay. First, start on her back, she says. Second, down to her feet. Then up to the neck, mouth, and breasts, ending with her vagina. Here's what Greg says he actually does to Michelle during foreplay. Very different. So you start with the lips and work your way down. Right. So you've got nine steps, and you've got six, Michelle, <laughs> <laughs> where you start on the back, but you both had this sort of area, although the breasts were five for you, and they're three for you, so maybe go to the breasts a little later. And later. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, you do what you would love in an ideal world, and Michelle, you do what you think works. Okay. Greg wants Michelle to start with his lips first, followed by his neck, nipples, stomach, and penis. Then he wants his wife to spend some time on his backside. But Michelle's map for Greg is way off course. So Michelle put number one as the genitals. So you get a sense that he likes you to go there early. Right. And you, Greg, have the genitals as number five, working your way down. Is that how you prefer it, would you say? Yeah, no, yeah. I would say, yeah. Okay, well that's good to know. Do you like your arms? She said arms. This yeah. is important because she won't waste her time on your arms and mm -hmm. spend more time on your penis or somewhere yeah. else. So if it doesn't do it for you, that's okay. Okay. This is a good exercise. Start facilitating some uh, sexual communication. Wow, so were you surprised in this exercise? Yeah, I was because I, to me, like he's always so ready to go. So of course that's where I started. And to know that he actually needs to be massaged into it was surprising to me. And for you, Greg? I think it's a realization, you know, I, I think things change, you know, and, and you've got to check in. And, you know, I think I'm the guy who, like all the guys out here, that, you know, we have our VCR instructions. And we read those VCR instructions, and we think that's the order and that's the way you do things. That's and right. It's changing, and people's yeah. needs change. And isn't it true that people generally uh, like to touch the body parts on the other person in the order that they like to be touched? Absolutely. They're really doing what they think they want. It's that disconnect in our language of love. And so, you know, he's a little bit unique, which is great, because he sort of wants his penis to come number five. But, you know, a lot of men, there's two kinds of foreplay, having their penis touched and waiting to have their penis touched. <laughs> and, and when the woman goes to touch him and says, okay, I'm gonna, you know, do to him what I would love done to me, and she's stroking his shoulders and kissing his neck and slowly working his, her way down because that's what she would love. He's thinking, when is she going to get there? Mm -hmm. And then he goes to, he says, okay, if I was a woman, I would just want my breasts and genitals touched immediately. Right. So he goes there, and she's thinking, what about all my other erogenous zones? So this can be a great way to really discover new things about what you each like and get the conversation started. At Amica Insurance, 
we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Okay, so let's recap. Step number two, ask your partner for what you want during sex, and that's one way to do it. Yeah. Okay, so step three is all about... Letting go. Letting go of those messages, those negative messages you got growing up about sex being dirty or wrong or what it means to be a sexual person. And it can be a really conscious decision to replace those negative messages with positive ones. Okay, during our sessions with Luann and Gerald, Dr. Berman tried to uncover what it was Luann needed to let go of in order to begin to achieve full uh, seismic orgasms. <laughs> Would you be more interested in sex, you think, if you could respond better and if you felt like you were having orgasms? Does the sensation become too much and you stopped? What happens? Sometimes I think I'm afraid. Sometimes I really think that I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't be feeling like that. It's really a kind you of interesting... You shouldn't be feeling those good feelings? Mm -hmm. Like it's not right. And were those messages you got growing up? Mm -hmm. Which were? That if, if sex or anything to the... It was even related to it, was brought up, it was, it was vulgar. It was just not, it was not accepted. It was not something that was discussed. It wasn't something you were supposed to enjoy. It was maybe just what you did if you were going to have children. When you're not letting go of anything, you're like this. And having an orgasm is like this. So if you're holding on and holding on and holding on, having an orgasm in order to have one, you have to let go. Makes perfect sense. It really does. You're getting all these messages, and you're still carrying those voices in your head. So how ready are you? to commit to letting those voices go. I am very ready. When those voices come into your head, you say to your head, head, you can go tell those messages to someone else. I deserve this pleasure. The pleasure is good. The pleasure is loving, that I love myself, and I love my pleasure. Okay, so all of those messages of it's wrong, you only do it to have a baby, you, you know. Nice girls don't experience sexual pleasure. This somehow makes you not a nice girl or not a, not a respectable woman. And this is something that intellectually women know, but they're not aware of the grip that those negative early messages and, and the power that those voices still have in their head. So I heard you ask Luann to uh, come up with a new sexual mantra, which is... You have to consciously create new messages to think when you start to think those old ones. And the new ones would be like, I, this is good. I am entitled to sexual pleasure. I am a sensual, sexual woman. I'm allowed to feel this. This is good for my body. This is good for my soul. This is good for my relationship. And you really have to train yourself to replace those old messages with new ones. And it's actually easier than you would think. Okay, mm -hmm. it's like sexual affirmations. Sexual affirmations. Sexual That's affirmations. Right. So Dr. Berman, also sent Luann and Gerald home with a special vibrator. <laughs> it is called the Aphrodite, nicknamed the sure thing because <laughs> it's a sure thing, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. 
So she brought one today to show the audience. And, and um, that's it. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. So, so it has. I said, it's very big, isn't it? <laughs> Good <laughs> this side, this side warms up if you want to use that. But this is the side that vibrates, and there's different attachments. And so you'll see it covers a big area. So it cut. It warms up to. So this side doesn't warm up. This side doesn't warm up. This is just some people, and you can use this as a back massager too. But some people like to have a little heat. Um, Where do you get this? You can get this on Amazon.com, drugstore.com. You can my go to Amazon.com, get the Oprah book. Yeah. And also order a vibrator. Yeah. It's Berman, you're right. It's Berman Center Intimate Accessories. So, um, yeah, you just turn it on. You, you can turn it on, and, it, and you'll feel it. Turn, try it. Turn, yes, turn it on just to the mid. Well, I'm not going to try Well, it. I mean, you know. <laughs> you'll see. <laughs> Maybe later. Oh, my so gosh. So feel that. You'll see how strong it is. So it's That's strong. That's a lot of power, yeah. though. So that will really help women get over. <laughs> You can yeah. massage your erogenous zones, too. I can see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, a lot of power. Did you use this? I did. Yes, I did. It was, um... Do you like it? Okay. I and did. tell her, I tell tell her what tell happened. You. I had a true orgasm that night. It was unbelievable. That's what we're aiming for, full right. orgasmic potential yes, here. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. Michelle told us earlier she doesn't enjoy sex, so Dr. Berman had a special session with her to find out why. We talked a little bit yesterday about your comfort level. You know, I think when you say, I don't, I don't speak sex, my story is that everybody speaks sex if they want to. I guess it, it, it relates in the fact that, you know, if I... If I ask him to do something to pleasure me, you know, a domineering, slutty kind of Nice of girls context. don't do that. Right, right. And I'm a nice girl. <laughs> and so what in your mind, as the person you are now, would be promiscuous? In my relationship, I guess just not doing the norm, not being in the missionary position, not, you know, even kind of the, you know, masturbation seems a little uncomfortable. So if you embrace your sexuality too naturally or too wholeheartedly, you might be a slut. Right. So what was your mom's relationship with men like? She was actually married eight times. Seeing my mom trying to find that happiness and to try to find the right person and never really finding that. And I was, wasn't gonna be that person. But I, you know, it's been a driving force my whole life that I will not be the person to have a failed marriage. And you said there were things that you probably shouldn't have seen sexually. Tell me about that. Right. They were a little freer, you know, with having sex, and we would hear it. And, you know, it wasn't like a romantic type of encounter. What was it? It was more, you know, let's have a couple drinks and, you know, and then wham, bam, and then see you later, <laughs> so. And you weren't gonna be your mom. Right, right. But there's a part of you that is still cut off from your sexuality, in part because you don't wanna be her. And so the only way that your sex life is gonna get better is if you give yourself permission to embrace your own body and your own sexuality and to loosen the reins a little bit on your life. You can see that, right? Yeah. Even when you said the eight times, 
you, can you see how that has programmed your thinking about not only your life, but particularly your sexual life? Yeah, it absolutely in, you know, inhibits what you feel comfortable to accept in your life. Yeah, and for everybody who's listening to that, and I know some of you are like, oh, eight times, the message for, for all of us, for uh, Michelle and, and Greg, is to, to interpret that for yourself. What are the messages your life has given to you? So your mother probably wasn't married eight times, but everybody received their own messages about sex and about everything, but because right. today we're talking about sex. And so either we received messages or we're, we, and, and this goes for your whole relationship, not just your sex life, we're over-identified with one parent or the other. So either the really dominant parent or the really under-sexualized parent or the really over-sexualized parent, and we're either trying so hard not to be like that person or so hard to be like the other person that we get stuck. Right, right, we get stuck. And so how does she unstick herself? Well, there, I mean, we, one piece of what I really wanted to do with Michelle was to really help her find the permission within herself to do what I call releasing your inner vixen. Okay. So that was one thing. And then there are really three kind of steps if we're talking about our, our sex 101 uh -huh. that women can do as well. Okay, let's do it. Okay, well, the first is to keep a sex journal. Um, and that's kind of what Luann did. Write down all those negative messages that you got growing up um, about sex or those messages you kind of covertly got about what sex meant to your, in your parents' relationships. And then really look at them. And if it means tearing it out and tearing it up and burning it in some symbolic way, or just really looking at it and saying, you know what, this isn't me. This isn't the 35, 45, 50-year-old woman that I am today. This is my mother or my father. So really become aware and conscious of those messages that are percolating around your head. Okay, okay, so you say second is becoming more comfortable with your sexuality. Explain. Right, so if it means taking a class, trying, you know, there's all sorts of great classes in most major cities now, pole dancing classes or strip cardio, strip tease classes. Yeah, pole classes are really great. I and mean, they're great exercise and great for your pelvic floor. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the other is to try something new, even if it's just a new position or trying a new sex toy or having sex in a new place, mixing it up a little bit and using your new mantra. So as soon as you start to mix it up, those old voices are gonna wanna revisit you in your head and you yeah. say, Don't no, you produce you. Uh, sex toys? I do, I have a whole line. Of sex toys? Yeah, Berman Center Intimate Accessories. And there's different kinds depending mm. on what your sexual goal is. If you've never had an orgasm, if you wanna have an orgasm with intercourse, if you just wanna spice things up in your relationship, there are different kind of toys or aids Dr. Berman says, many women suffer pain during intercourse. In couples therapy, Michelle admitted that she'd stop having sex when it started to hurt. When we were having intercourse, it was painful. It was just uncomfortable for him to be on top of me or for him to touch me. And then it seemed like whenever we would have sex, I would end up with a urinary tract infection. Mm -hmm. So tell me how motivated you would be if you knew what was coming down the pike every time yeah, you were gonna have sex. And are you having dryness? Yes. That often yeah. has to do with estrogen. And you said you had a hysterectomy. I had a, yes, I kept my ovaries. But you kept your ovaries. Right. And, you're, and you're how old? 39. 39. And how long has the dryness been going on? Over the past two years. You know, we'd use the, you know, the lubricant. In a case like this, it's more like a Band-Aid than okay. really solving the problem. If indeed it is a low estrogen issue, 
then that affects the health of your vaginal tissue and it affects your lubrication. And when that happens, when your vaginal walls get thin and dry and brittle, it's very easy to get not only to have pain and right. have it not be pleasurable, and for there to be urinary tract infections as a result. I'm so happy to hear that there might be a rationale. I thought I was allergic to sex, to be quite honest. <laughs> allergic to sex. Uh, so what should Michelle and other women like her do? In Michelle's case, since she is still before menopause, premenopausal, she is eligible, she can talk to her doctor about taking a topical estrogen that's not absorbed into the body, as you know, very minimally absorbed into the body, but can be used intravaginally to help with the dryness and the urinary tract infection. And, and women don't really understand or know that there are things, you know, culprits in your medicine cabinet that can be negatively affecting your sex drive and sexual response. Right. So whether it's hormonal contraceptives are one, antihistamines can cause dryness, antidepressants, antihypertensives like beta blockers or, or diuretics, anti-cancer drugs can uh, affect your sexual response as well. So you really want to talk to your doctor about the if you're having symptoms of dryness, difficulty responding, problems with genital sensation, difficulty reaching orgasms, you want to think medications, any medical conditions, and your pelvic floor. All right, so let's recap. Step number four is see the doctor. Dr. Berman says many women who are unhappy with their sex lives might have medical issues that can be treated. That's what we're talking about. Okay, here we go with the fifth step to a happier and <laughs> healthier sex life, and it is... Make your sex life a priority. Do not ignore it. So you may be busy with kids and life and, and the economy and everything else, but you must schedule and make time for sex on a regular basis. See, that feels so unromantic. It feels unromantic at first because we have the misconception that sex is supposed to happen spontaneously, which it does in the beginning of the relationship when your dopamine centers of the brain are firing and everything's new and you can't get enough of each other. But that doesn't work in a long-term relationship. If you wait for it to happen spontaneously, you're gonna be waiting forever. So you have to make the time to have it. And what you'll find is when you know on that night that you're gonna have sex, or you know it's your night or your afternoon or your morning, whatever works. You may shave your legs, you may be extra nice to each other. You start to anticipate it as something to look forward to, and then you notice the next day how much closer you feel, how much nicer you are to each other. Well, listen and it to motivates this. You. Listen to what happened to Sharla and Brad, who are joining us from their living room in Charlotte. I know a lot of men are gonna love this idea, so <laughs> I don't know if women can commit to as much as Sharla did, but here we go. They spent one year making their sex life a priority. So, Charlotte, what did you do? Well, my husband was turning 40, and I was thinking about a gift that I could give him that would be special and memorable that no one else could give him, and this fit the bill. And so what did you do? Say, I'm gonna get, I, I read this, that you said, I'm gonna have sex every night for a year? I said, we're gonna put intimacy back on our to-do list. We're gonna be very intentional about this, and for a year, let's give this a shot. Yes, sex and, and intimacy every day. So, Brad, when you got that as a gift, <laughs> I mean, how did you present it? I always think presentation is the most important part of a gift. But if that's the gift, you don't even have to worry about how it's presented, right? <laughs> yeah, she took me a little off guard, Oprah. I was uh, surprised by the gift because, like the couples you have on the show, intimacy was not a high priority for us. So I, I kind of thought she was kidding at first. I wasn't sure she really knew what she was getting into. So it wasn't just about sex. You say intimacy, which is intimacy is about connection and feeling 
and trust. How did you then do that? How did you execute it? Um, we were scheduling it. We were looking at our week um, ahead of time and saying, what does your week look like? We were having our babysitters come early on weekends so that we could make time for it. We were really carving out time every day to make sure that we could make this happen. And so and what changed in the relationship? I heard the whole relationship changed as a result. It was extraordinary. I mean, it was the most transforming year in our marriage to date. And I would have told you that before we embarked on this, we had a great marriage. I mean, I think I married a terrific guy and we have a great life and, and, and you know, we have two wonderful children. But I knew in the back of my mind that this was something that we could refocus on. And so we did this crazy over the top thing where we said we are going to put this at the top of our list every day for a year. And it was extraordinary. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. You can read more about uh, Brad and Charla's Year of Sex in their book, 365 Nights. I, I was thinking, you guys, that's a great, great title, yeah. A Memoir of Intimacy. Thanks, guys. Dr. Berman says there are two things couples can do immediately to improve their sex lives, and they are? Well, the first is just make a commitment. It doesn't have to be 365 days of the year. One night a week. Commit to making a sex date one night a week that is written in stone. And if it means getting babysitters, sending the kids out for the night, whatever it is, you make that commitment. But for those of you who aren't having sex or have disconnected, and if you're not able to have sex because you have pain or a lot of dryness, until you get that figured out, don't abandon sex altogether. So you may have to do other things, other kinds of sexual play, instead of intercourse, if intercourse is painful or you can't have intercourse, but make sure that you have that sexual connection once a week. Okay. And the second one is to think about giving your bedroom a sexual makeover because bedrooms should be for sleeping and for sex, not for work, not for kids' cribs and, and diapers. So take the cover the TV if you're not willing to take it out of the room. I don't either, but people get scared of that one. So put a nice tapestry or something over it. Just try it for a week. Ideally, TV out of the room, computer out of the room, pictures of grandma out of the room. Make it into a sensual, sexual haven for the two of you. Okay. Thank you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah show, The Podcast. And I thank you for listening. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent. Being there day and night and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy.